Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 10.45 a.m. Today's message is Hurting People. Here's Mr. Tim Brooks. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me. Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Zarephath, thank you, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. You know, I really hate it when the pastor keeps texting you while he's gone, and I have no idea why, you know? <clears throat> I guess he doesn't trust me. <clears throat> It's time to give back. Um, you know what's real interesting about our church is, and I really appreciate this, that we just uh, don't implode our own money. We, we give it out to other community churches that are church starts. And it's real unique to do that and, be, and really be able to promote that we are giving to other churches and getting them started. So if the ushers have come forward, let's uh, take an offering. Let's go to prayer. Father, thank you as we continue to worship today and as we present our gifts to you in hoping that these will be used in community and outreach, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name and amen. You know, before I always start a message, I always like to get the disclaimer, Okay. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretending to be Phil today, but, you know, I, <clears throat> I go by my notes. So if you see me reading my notes, I am, okay? 
get over it. <laughs> That's the way I preach. Um, I found this scripture, Luke 4, 14 through 30, um, a few weeks ago. What I mean by what I found it is because I've read through this thing millions of times. You ever done that? Read through scripture and you're going, you know, that never affected me before. And, and for some reason, it just stuck to me. And so I went back and read it again, and then it even got more interesting, and then it got more interesting, and then I said, all right, so what's really going on here? And that's what I'm basing my message on this morning, is Luke 4, 4, 14 through 30. And as I get into it more, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The disclaimer is I'm preaching this to myself. Um, there's a lot of things that I think I do well, and there are some things I don't do well. And when you find out that you're not doing some things well, it affects you in different ways. And this way, I wanted to share this with you because I think as Journey Fellowship, we, we need to consider some of these things. So if you kind of wander off in your mind for a little bit, that's okay, I understand. I want you to come back at at the end, I have something to, to present to you. So in saying that, have you guys ever seen the shows uh, America's Funniest Videos? You guys? Yeah, pretty funny, huh? All the stuff. Some of it's staged, I want to tell you that. But there are other things that aren't, that, that are pretty funny. And then there used to be this other show, you know, Bloopers. Did you ever see that? Bloopers? Well, you know, as I was reading some stuff, I went back to the internet, and you know, churches have bloopers too? Did you know that? Well, they put them online, all right? And I'm going to share some of those with you in a few minutes. But, you know, what, what are these bloopers? You know, they're, they're funny little airs that creep up into church signs and bulletins, you know? They may be uh, because the typist didn't understand exactly what was being written down or Maybe the handwriting was too bad and they couldn't interpret it. Or maybe the computer spell check gave you the correct spelling but the wrong word. You know, I do that all the time. You know, I have to have it manage that. But anyway, the results are hilarious, aren't they? When you get going. So go ahead and put that up. These are church signs that I found on the internet, all right? Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. Next one. Having trouble sleeping? Try one of our sermons. Here's the next one. Whoever stole our AC machines, keep one. It's hot where you're going. You know, some of those you got to think about, right? But they're hilarious. But the other ones are even more funny. You know, they're the, the ones that get stuck in church bulletins. If you you got to think about some of them to make it really funny. But me, I can always entertain myself with church bulletins. Here's one of them. The support group of persons with low self-esteem meet on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. All right? And in the same sentence, it goes, Weight Watchers support group will also meet at 7 p.m., Please use the double doors in the front. I'm just saying. Another one. The pastor will preach his farewell message. 
after which the choir will sing Break Forth into Joy. <laughs> Irving Benson and Jesse Carter were married on October 24th in the church. So ends the friendship that began in their school days. Get it? You know? Okay. In the order of service, they had hymn. You know the hymns that you sing? Okay. I love thee, thy Ford. Ford, F-O-R-D, not Lord. Okay. That was pretty funny. I love Fords too. Again, the church bloopers sometimes reveal lots more than what we want them to. Sometimes they tell us the truth that we did not intend. Here's another one that I found that was pretty hilarious. Church-wide dinner Wednesday night, prayer and medication to follow. <laughs> prayer and medication? You know, we assume that the writer meant meditation. But maybe he was getting to something else. Church-wide dinner, prayer and medication to follow. That could be bad news. You know, the dinner was so horrible that you had to take Alka-Seltzer when you got finished. Or maybe it was good news. Having fed everyone, they were ready to go out and pray and give thanks and also do healing and miraculous signs and wonders. You know, it also could be bad news. The thing is, if church gives out, may be harmful and will make you sick if you linger too long. You know, it could be good news that the church that nourishes people and sends them out to the streets of the sick and the needy. Church-wide dinner, prayer, and medication could be good news, could be bad news. You know, I don't know when Jesus went to the synagogue if they had church bulletins back then or not. I'd rather doubt they did. But I knew, I knew they heard that day was good news. Well, it could be bad news. At first, I think they took it as good news, but then later, I think it went south. And they heard the bad news. I don't suppose there was a synagogue dinner with prayer medication that day? Something about a God who cares for the hurting people. What was the good news part? What did the people hear that really pleased them that day? They heard the old truth that God cares about people who hurt. They heard something familiar. They heard something they already believed in. And that God identifies with the sick, the oppressed, the lonely, the marginal. You know, they really enjoyed that message. I guess that was exactly what they really needed. You know, we hear those sermons. Just what we needed. You know, they've heard it before, though, many times. Let me read this again. You know how you read Scripture and you don't catch it? And you read it again, you're catching a little more? Well, let me step back to Luke 4, 14. Jesus, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolled it. He found the place where it was written. Think about the details when you listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord was on me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoner and recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. They said, Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. You know, God sends us to bring good news to the poor, release the captives, recover the sight of the blind. Jesus said all the right things. And you know, he did say all the right things. Because this thing of God caring for those who hurt is not new. These things are deeply embedded and rooted in the faith of Israel. I'm sure you've heard the reference here that Jesus was reading from the role of the prophet Isaiah. You know, these words were hundreds of years old before Jesus read them. They were words spoke from God's care for those who hurt long before Jesus came onto the scene. In fact, for a lot longer than Isaiah. Because as you read through the Old Testament, you will find all kinds of stories on how God cares for those who hurt. Well, before Isaiah, there was Moses who gave the law and in the law it said that God's people are to show mercy and kindness. They are to provide for the hunger and the homeless. You know, let's even go back before Moses. Let's go go back to the outcast woman, Hagar. Everybody remember Hagar and Ishmael? Heard by Abraham, sent out into the desert to die. You know, God came along, Hagar and Ishmael protected them. God has always done this. That's God's history. You know, if that's not far enough back, let's go back to the first murder. Let's go back to Cain and Abel. Let's go back to see the heart of God bled for Abel. Destroyed by the pride of his brother. And see also that the heart of God reached out to Cain. And even in the middle of the punishment... God put a mark of protection on Cain. God cares for those who hurt. Even those who hurt themselves in their own foolishness. The people of Nazareth Nazareth, knew that and agreed with what was being said. You know, we fall in the same tradition. We too believe God wants to cure and heal. We too believe that God is ready to seek and to save We too believe the sick can be cured, the lonely can find community, the lost and the stray can find refuge. We believe this is good news. It's part of our tradition. Prayer and medication. We think that spiritual health and personal health go together. This is good news, with which we can really identify with. This is God. From the very beginning, God cares for those who hurt. Prayer and medication. Who can argue with that? You know, things didn't turn out so well that Sabbath day. Things went downhill pretty quickly. From cheering to accusations, from praise to anger. All of a sudden, they didn't like what they were hearing. It sometimes happens when preachers start to preach. You know, they don't know when to stop. 
you know, they don't know when to get ahead. There are several good opportunities to shut up. Well, in the same way, Jesus didn't stop once he got going. He went on and put something else out there for him. And this changed the mood of the room completely. Prayer and medication became bad news in a hurry. Why? Let's continue on 23. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what you have heard you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there are many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe phantom throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. But a widow in Zephyrah, in the region of Sidon, and there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Nahum the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, took him to the brow of the hill in which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. What a turnaround, huh? It went from expressing joy and excitement. The next, they were a mob. One moment, hometown boy made good. The next, candidate for Boot Hill. Throw him off the cliff. What in the world did he do? It turned when Jesus told him that they, all they wanted from God, they wanted for themselves. It went down the tubes when Jesus got beneath their skin and showed them that all they wanted were the mercies of God for the people they valued. They got upset when they were told that God's care is for all people. Even the outcasts, the different, the foolish, the unclean. They couldn't deal with it when Jesus saw beneath their enthusiasm and said that all they really wanted from God's blessing is for themselves and others like them. You know, God has a funny way in history of giving his blessings, if you didn't know. Think of the widow and the Syrian, the Syrian soldier, neither of whom were Jewish, neither of whom were the right kind of people. Church-wide dinner, prayer and medication. Guess who's coming to dinner? That's what got Jesus in trouble, church-wide dinner. He went so far as to suggest that God invited everybody to the table. The wrong race, the wrong class, the wrong morality, the wrong everything. The good churchgoers of Nazareth found it hard to take. That medication was too strong. They only wanted the mercies of God for themselves. You know, we face the same social realities in our community. 
we face the realities that there is more than one kind of Elgin. This community can, can really contains a variety of people, a variety of needs. We are tempted to expect God to bless us and bless others like us. The question is, do we welcome those not like us? There is more than one kind of Elgin. There is the Elgin of middle class, hardworking families, with children going to school, parents employed, modestly successful, keeping up their homes, invested in good causes. That's us. That's us. But then there's this other Elgin neighborhood of marginal people. There's this Elgin of people hiding in apartments and homes, wandering to parks in the day, wandering the streets at night. There's this Elgin in which it is not really pleasant, not like most of us in this room. But if I hear what, Jesus, but if I hear what Jesus is saying, they're loved by God, they are the objective of his care. They are hurting people who God wants to bless. The question is whether we are ready to reach out and love and be a channel of help for those folks not like us. You know, God says he wants to bless them. Christ says he wants to walk among them. As I think about it, we might throw Christ out in our nearsighted selfishness that we might hurl him off the cliff and get rid of his walk among the lowly and the poor. Church-wide dinner, prayer, and medication. You know, on the other hand, there is still another Elgin neighborhood. There is an Elgin of the upward and onward. There is this Elgin of accomplished people, men and women, with whom enjoy the luxuries of life, whose household incomes are six figures or more, whose house boasts of things of beauty and comfort, but they too have needs. They too are oppressed. They too are lonely. And they too are sick and distraught and full of anxieties. Among them, the up and out as well as the down and out. Among them, there are the depressed, suicides, broken families, shattered hearts. You know, the news tells us a lot of that during the week. Does it not? No, there are the spiritual sickness of huge proportions. And you know how we react to some of that? You know, we kind of complain when we hear that kind of stuff. We vent our anger about those folks, point our fingers at the up and the out, whether they are in Elgin or some other community. You know, then we got a real problem. I think Jesus got thrown off the cliff one more time because his love, his mission are for all people. Church-wide dinner, prayer, and medication. I really want us to think about our community. I want, us to, uh, I want to summon us to see everything and everyone in our community as it is. If we cannot welcome all because some don't dress right, some dress too nice, we push Jesus off the edge. If we cannot embrace the needs of everyone around us because some will mess our church up, others will push us to think, 
too hard? React too hard? Are we pushing Jesus off the cliff? You know, if we won't listen to the heart cries of the people whose language we don't understand, are we pushing Jesus off the cliff? If we just assume every educated person, everybody with status, well, that person wouldn't want to come to our church anyway. It's not special. Is that pushing Jesus off the cliff? Church-wide dinner, prayer, and medication. You know, as I got thinking about this, you know, the barrier to our effectiveness is that we seldom get in touch with our prejudices and our fears. Just as Jesus touched the raw nerve of the Sabbath day by telling his hometown folks about the real issue was that they didn't want the grace of God for themselves. They didn't want to embrace the outsiders. So I have to say that we will never be faithful to the kingdom's agenda until we know our own heart, eradicate our own fears, and deal with our own prejudices. Until we do that, we push Jesus off the cliff and get rid of him as an inconvenience. Church-wide dinner, prayer medication, community-wide. You know, church bulletin bloopers, are, they are really funny. Church bloopers, however, are not so funny. You know, what we put down on paper can be corrected fairly easily. What we do as a fellowship takes a lot of work to correct. There is a word of warning. For the truth is that if we do not do what God wants done in our community... He will do it some other way. If we are not faithful to God's direction, God has not left himself without witness. God's work will be done by someone else, sometime, some way. You know, it might be a little storefront church, used to be an auto parts store, used to be a tool rental store. You know, it might be someone whose theology we really don't agree with, but God will use him. God will do what God will do, whether we approve of it or not. For when the crowd tried to lynch the troublesome Jesus, something really strange happened, if you noticed it. Jesus passed through the midst and went on his way. He moved to Capernaum, and he did his work somewhere else. He always does. He always will. You know, Jesus passed through the midst of the Jewish people and went on his way. He went to seek out what we call the other sheep. The Greeks, the Romans, the outcasts, the barbarians, my my kind of people. His own people didn't want to associate with him. So he passed through and went on his way. He always does. He always will. You know, Jesus passed through the early church and went on his way. (laughs) Some objected. Some didn't like it. Some kept to themselves. But Jesus cried out, Do not call unclean what I call clean. He passed through and went on his way. Always does. 
always will. In closing, you know, I can't tell you whether Jesus will pass through the midst of Elgin and go on his way somewhere else. I only know that if we are not faithful to God, who cares for hurting people, if we do not invite everyone to the church dinner for prayer and medication, I only know that he will go his own way. He always does. He always will. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.